this Easter morning. We pray that we have experienced an opportunity to praise you for the gift of your resurrection, as well as uh, hearing a word from you this morning, that you might transform us by your word and by your very presence, that we might become your love in the world. Let us hear a word of hope this morning, and it might permeate who we are. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Well, I I hope you appreciated that contemplative art um, as well as scripture reading this morning. I sure know that I was so thankful that I stumbled upon it. It was created by the same uh, women who helped make the wilderness uh, devotional that we've been going through together. And it's just such an image of the first good news bearer of Mary who ran and told everyone the exciting news that Jesus had risen from the grave. And, and I think that that's the image that we have in our mind, right, about this Easter morning when uh, we're just so excited to proclaim the good news that we typically will have, you know, the brass here in our sanctuary and we'll begin with all sorts of bombastic, amazing music, and it's just an opportunity to, uh, to sing together. We're bursting at the seams in our sanctuary space, and it's an exciting time, and the kids, you know, run out after the worship, and they go out there, and they do the Easter egg hunt, and then they get all kinds of candy, and they get full and excited, and then they go home to more candy and more Easter egg hunts, and it's just a lot of excitement and energy and fun, and sometimes... I'll be honest, it gets a little overwhelming for me. I know that I, I, holidays I absolutely love for the meaning, especially our Christian ones of Christmas and Easter, and just so excited to see so many people together and to worship together. But there's part of me sometimes that gets tired amidst all of it. And I'm not tired, I think I talked about this at Christmas, not tired because of the celebration and the praise and the ways that God meets us, but tired because sometimes we find ourselves kind of caught up in the routine of the celebration that sometimes we miss the opportunities to learn something new about our faith tradition. I mean, in fact, there's two primary faith components to our Christian faith. Uh, well, three, I should say. The Trinity is one, but then the other is the incarnation, God's presence with us that we celebrate on Christmas. And then Easter is one of the other main components, which is the time when we celebrate that Jesus is more powerful than anything, even death, and that he saves us and reconciles us to God, and we can celebrate that moment. But I think that, you know, um, as someone who didn't grow up in the church, I I view some of these Christian traditions that we have a little bit differently because I remember the experience when it was all new to me. I remember the experience of learning what Easter was about and why we celebrated it as Christians. And and I also remember learning how those connected to some of the cultural things that we do, like the Easter egg hunts and the, um, the Easter Sunday dresses and the hams in the oven. And I started to connect the dots together. But this morning, I think that we have an opportunity to see Easter differently. You you know, I've heard sermons about how, uh, you know, Peter and John, they run to the grave and they're so excited And I've heard Easter stories about how Mary is the one who kind of celebrates the good news that we need to be like her. But for a minute... I wonder if we can put ourselves in the scripture this morning in a unique way. 
Because I imagine that for many of us, this Easter morning experience is a bit surreal. I'm sure I know it is amongst many of my pastor friends. Some of us have pre-recorded the service. We're live with an empty sanctuary, just the people, the bare bones, able to put on together this worship experience. We don't have the kids hustling and bustling out to do Easter egg hunts afterwards. We don't have all the excitement. We have the lilies, but it's different. And, you know, many of us aren't sure what it's going to look like after this, right? I mean, we weren't sure that we were going to be doing Easter like this. And now we in Hawaii have been told that it's going to be four weeks after any new viruses or new cases on the island that our kids are going to go back into school. And we have no idea when that's going to be. And we're looking at June, hopefully. And uh, as we continue to go down this, many uh, people, their anxiety and just the stress and uncertainty is getting higher and higher because there's only so long that our jobs are going to be able to keep our positions. It's only so long that we're going to be able to keep our sanity, whether it's in isolation at home because uh, we're homebound and we don't have the whole family with us, or whether it's because we do have the whole family with us and we're homebound and in isolation. There's a confusion and uncertainty amidst all of this. But we have to, for a moment, remember that that's exactly where the disciples and Mary and the early Christians found themselves on this day. Those of you who were with us at Stations of the Cross on Friday know that we ended it completely abruptly. It was the scripture reading of laying him in the tomb and we turned off the stream. That's intentional because that's the story And the story is, is that for all of those early Christians, they believed that Jesus had died. They didn't know what was going to happen. They had expected Jesus to overthrow the Roman Empire, and he hadn't done that. Instead, he was hung on a cross at the hands of that very body that he was supposed to overthrow. He even told one of the disciples to take his mother in as his own. He said his goodbyes, he breathed his last, and he went into the tomb. And so those early Christians that gathered, you know, of Mary Magdalene, of going there, they, had, they knew exactly what they were expecting, actually, a tomb. and Jesus to be laid in it. And, and you can feel the uncertainty uh, surrounding this scripture because, you know, all of a sudden they get word that Jesus uh, wasn't there and the disciples start running there to figure it out. And, and, you know, we would think that they would leave all excited and ready to go, but, you know, it's Mary who stays back and then the other disciples, they go, but they don't go and preach the good news about Jesus being raised for the dead. They go and they lock themselves up in the upper room because they're fearful that the Roman Empire might think, and the, you know, the priests and the Sadducees and the Pharisees are all going to think that they took Jesus out of that tomb. And so they're hiding up in there, fearful of persecution and what's going to happen next. They're not excited. There's no Easter egg hunt for those early disciples. And 
I wonder what we can learn about Easter this year. As I was talking with some people, I, I can't imagine a time ever in history when the world has been this connected and this threatened by a virus that we don't have, I don't know, maybe there are a few places where there's public celebration of Easter, but by and large throughout the globe, people are not gathering in person together. What might we learn about Easter in this moment? You know, I know that many of us are so ready to move on, right? You know, we're really excited for everything to open back up so we can be out in public and we can go back to normal life. Others of us are fearful. We don't know what's going to happen or um, what's going to come next, and we don't know uh, where we're going to go. We're locked up in that room trying to figure everything out. And then there's some of us. Some of us, I think, are like Mary. See, Mary wasn't like the other two disciples. She didn't run back and then go into isolation mode, or she didn't run back and then go to every, back to ordinary life. She waits there. She weeps. It's not an easy place to be. She's crying. She doesn't know that Jesus had risen. They thought someone stole his body. But she lingers there. She lingers there just long enough for the angels to come and to declare to her that Jesus had risen. That the only one to first know that Jesus had been raised from the dead was the one who waited there in the place of pain. And isn't that an interesting phenomenon, isn't it? That sometimes when we try to, you know, push the pain and brush it under the carpet, or sometimes when we try to move on as if everything had happened, or sometimes when we just get so uh, uh, in the moment that we go and lock ourselves away from everything and any opportunity to feel and to commune and to be with others, that we miss this moment that Mary found. So this year, we don't have the Easter egg hunt as a community. We don't have all of the bombastic brass. We don't have the hustle and bustle, but I think that this year, we have the opportunity to experience the resurrection. We have the opportunity to wait, to linger in this moment and wonder what in the world is God up to here? And how might new life come from these dry bones? What would new life look like after the wilderness? And I know I've, I've seen it in my own life. I have uh, some of my most formative years uh, were in college, and uh, in college I, I was blessed enough to be part of this amazing small group, and we were together for all four years, uh, the 
leader was a professor of ours, and um, yeah, we were just so close together that on this small Christian campus, everyone knew of us as the D group, which is what we called small groups. And uh, when people talked about the D group, they knew that they were talking about us, even though there was 4,000 students. Um, and we were close, and we spent uh, every week together, and we would do retreats together. Um, but life happens. And we're spread out all throughout the country. I mean, I'm in the Pacific here, and, you know, there's other people that are in Washington and Colorado and Arizona, and I think we got together um, right before, or I, went, I came back from Japan, and I was headed down the West Coast. We had all gotten together at a camp uh, ground together, and, and we shared that moment a couple years after college, but it probably had been since that. I hadn't interacted with them together like that, um, and then I decided, hey, all of my other meetings right now are going, taking place online. I'm doing uh, trustees and our HR, SPRC committees online. I'm doing all of the meetings online, even planning our worship together via video conferencing call. Why not take this opportunity and get together with my small group? And so we did. For probably the first time in 10 years, I got to see the faces of these guys that I had loved and had formed me from that uh, formative years in college together in that opportunity. And I promise you, that would not have happened if we were not staying at home. I wonder what else we can find in this moment. I know our crafty angels have certain found a new purpose. They've taken together, they've come together in their own homes, and they started creating masks for people to use at hospice care. And I know many of you at home have done the same, and you've given them to the people. I know I have my mask from Deborah Tom. What is it that we can learn? How might we find the risen Christ, the power of God's love that permeates all things and conquers even death here in this moment that we might be able to become the first bearers just like Mary who was the first one to proclaim the good news that Jesus is risen. But we're not going to find it if we let fear and isolation kick in. We're not going to find it if we just hope and look forward to the grass is greener to move them back to normal life. We're going to find it when we linger. Of course, we want to be back. Of course, we want this to end. But we find opportunities to change. Because that's what the resurrection's about, isn't it? It's changing. It's going from life to death, to life again. It's what we do with communion. We say that this body would come into us and it would change us into the love of God in the world. Here on Easter morning, we have an opportunity to be changed. Let us take that in and let us soak it in and let us proclaim that Jesus Christ is risen in new and impactful and meaningful ways. I mean, we never would have streamed our Easter morning service at home in the past. I've never done virtual communion in the past. 
I never would have thought to call the D group together, my small group together, and to have that moment. I never would have thought that I would have had family and friends watching me live at home, and they'd be saying in Minnesota where I grew up, and they'd be talking to me about the impactful, have a friend that showed me a, a picture of me up on their screen, and they had been watching us. That would never have happened. How might you linger like Mary and let the power of the resurrection change you?